from New York City. The Comedy Cellar and Rethink Production present Live from America Podcast. We will make America great again. How about new, you crazy Dutch bastard? Live from America Podcast. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up, live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created. No, 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 no. Excuse me. Just so you understand. We can't be the stupid country anymore. Live from America podcast. I believe we can keep the promise of our founding. The idea that if you're willing to work hard, it doesn't matter who you are or where you come from or what you look like or where you love. It doesn't matter whether you're black or white or Hispanic or Asian or Native American or young or old or rich or poor, able, disabled, gay or straight. You can make it here in America if you're willing to try. It's just words, folks. It's just words. This is Live from America Podcast with Noam Dorman and Haddon Gab. Good evening and welcome to Live from America Podcast. Right here from the Comedy Cellar in New York City, the best comedy club in the world. And we have comedian Modi and comedian Tony Darrow right here, and they're all on their phones right now. I'm not. not I'm not. I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm studying for the guest. Go yeah, ahead. and we have a, a, a great guest who's going to join us in a few minutes. Uh, so, uh, first of all, happy Father's Day. It was a few days ago oh, to uh, Tony and to Noam. Do you, are you, do you have any... Uh, You've you've had you've called somebody daddy, haven't you? <laughs> Abba, Abba, Abba. <laughs> that, was, that was pretty good. Yeah. So happy Father's Day and uh, another week of attacks. What's going on, guys? First of all, the Muslims again in London. They attacked an innocent car. Did you read about that? I, I I literally have not watched any news all week. I'm tired of the news. I'm, yeah, so just my joke just when the Muslim attacked an the car. car. Yeah. Didn't Richard Pryor have a joke like that about attacking a car? Yeah, he did. Oh, he yeah. steals it from me. Then the police showed up. And they don't shoot cars. They don't cars. They attack niggers. Let you say it, <laughs> Bill Maher. So I, I don't get credit for that I'm joke. I'm quoting. You can't even quote. <laughs> no, I'm not. No, I, I just invented this Let's joke. Let's talk about Bill Maher because this. Uh, go ahead. No, before Bill Maher, how about the? You know, there's four attacks this well, how week. How about the? How about the? The, the girl, the, 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 the mosque where the uh, the mom like shoved yeah, the that's, guy. Yeah, that's that what I'm talking about. Okay. So so there was in London. There's a guy, a guy that uh, took a car and drove through the mosque, you know, and tried to kill Muslims. And uh, oh, I did hear about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you didn't care about it. I do care about it. So my joke was great because they mm. attacked the car. Anyway, did, did, he, did he kill anybody? He uh, one one person died, few injured, you know. But the imam saved them, and he was like, you know, don't touch him. We'll touch him later. He saved the guy's life that that drove the car. Yeah, the imam. He protected him. He did. Good for him. Yeah. Trying to get him to uh, uh, to uh, actually be a guest next week. We'll see. So uh, the imam or the uh, driver? <laughs> well, I want the imam. Wow! No, no, wow! one <laughs> wants the driver. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so so there's this attack on Muslims, and then there's another attack in Brussels that was done by a Muslim this time. You know, um, you know, but they ca- they catch the guy and kill him. Uh, and then there was the Muslim teen that was attacked, and they refused to uh, acknowledge that it's a hate crime, they said it was road rage. This is ridiculous. <laughs> you heard about that, right? No, that's yeah, it's true story. You know, a Muslim teen that was coming out of a prayer uh, and a uh, few guys uh, kidnapped her, had her with a baseball pad, and they said that it's not hate crime. 
So, well, anyway. it, in all fairness, it is baseball season. I mean, if it was <laughs> football season, I'd say. That's... So, and then, <laughs> so, <laughs> so then, and there was another Muslim that attacked in the Champs Elysees, but you know, he also got caught. So it's kind of the score is two two right now. You know, uh, we attacked twice. Yeah, he attacked the, twice in, uh, in the airport. Now today, somebody yelled Allah Akbar with a knife in some uh, in some place. In he was calling his dad. It's fine. It wasn't. It wasn't a big deal. But my question to you guys is like, are people like a lot of people are attacking Muslims and are people taking things to their own hands now? What do you mean? Like people are getting angry and they see feel like I have to do something. I'm gonna attack these people. Well, I mean, there's more weapons, there's more people, so there's going to be more attacks. I mean, more attacks is going to lead to more attacks. That's what I think. Listen, in school, when you have two kids who are constantly fighting, the teacher says, I don't, I don't care who's right or wrong, I'm splitting you up. Right? It's like this, and you just begin to wonder, is this just not, is this all worth it? Is, I mean, is, is, it, is, it, is Europe just going down the road to ruin here yeah. by, with this quixotic fantasy that somehow they're going to integrate Muslims and, and well, well, Europeans into, into, a, into a peaceful society. But this is happening here. Oh, the ne- baseball ne- pad oh, one. never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Great theory. But, <laughs> but, no, no, but in general, yeah. in other words, I've always, I've always felt that the people who, who are making arguments to limit certain uh, types of cult, cultural immigration because they felt certain cultures were just not compatible with other cultures. Yeah. They're immediately shot down as racist. And I and I don't I think the debate is is a lot more difficult than that. I don't think that you necessarily have to hate the other race to say listen, this is this is a formula for disaster. Mhm. And to see that two different groups of people are coming from such different places that it's going to lead to problems, and so maybe we shouldn't put them together. It doesn't mean that you let necessarily take one side or the other. Well, where does that end? I mean, any group you have, they're going to in awesomeness. They're going <laughs> to divide into smaller groups. If you, the whole world was Christian, they'd still be fighting each other. I don't know. I don't know. The Christian world hasn't fought, it, fought itself well, in a long there's time. There's so many different sects of the Christian religion. Well, they haven't because they've had other people to fight. If you told me. We've talked about this. If you told me, and I'm going to ask our, our guest, what, what, Rosa. R- Rosa or Rosa? R- Rosa Brooks. Rosa, you sure? Yeah. I think it's Rosa. I bet you she. I'll bet it's Rosa. I will find no, out. No, it is Rosa. <laughs> Guys, give me uh, some credit. If, if you told me that, listen, we're going to take in 10 million Hasidic Jews. Yeah. Well. We're not going to have any problems. It's going to be great. And, and in a general. But a, lo- be, a lot of complaints. <laughs> a lot of complaints. Be I'd like, be like, no, don't take in 10 million Hasidic Jews. This is, this is not going to. This is not great for the melting pot of America. They're 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 going to cloister themselves. They're they don't believe in it, in integrating. They do it now, they're, but they're, but, they're, but they're, they function with it. They're fanatics. Yeah. If if you can take in 10 million Japanese instead, I highly think that would be the better choice for the for the social fabric of America. Does that mean I'm an anti-Semite? No. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> no, well, no, I agree well, with you. you we know, do not I, want I more Jews here. No, no, I'm being very serious. <laughs> I'm being very serious. So let's take in 10 million people from countries where they throw uh, homosexuals off rooftops. Oh, I'm not going to have any problems. But we're not talking about taking anymore. This we're talking about right would. now. We're talking about the people that live here. Yeah, you know? well, well, whoever's here, we, we, we're stuck with. What are we going to do? Who's we? Many of the, 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 all of us, but I mean, it's becoming including the Muslims. You're talking about a fraction of the Muslim population. Yeah, it's true. But I'm saying, like, we are getting attacked now. Muslims are getting attacked. So my question was, well, are people getting... 
So the Flint, Michigan here, the, the Muslim was attacking. In Flint, Michigan today, a Canadian guy, but in Flint, Michigan, some guy named Fatiha, whatever, and he yelled Allah Akbar and stabbed the security guard in the neck, screaming that uh, the ki- this is for the killings in Syria. Okay. Well, at least he had a, a, a reason. Yeah, yeah, I mean... I mean, the governor poisoned a bunch of citizens. What was his reason? Something in Detroit? Yeah, in, in Michigan, yeah but yeah. I, I understand. We're not trying to say, like, okay, so the score is 3-2 now? I'm not. Is that what I'm, trying I'm to say? Just, okay. So you began the show by, by what's going on with, with the terrorist attacks, and this happened today. No, but uh, what I'm saying is there is d- two different kind of attacks now. Now there is attacks on Muslim as well. So my question was, uh, the reason I brought it, do you think people are taking... Uh, things out their own but hands. Let's be honest. Like, Can I, I, I? Yeah, please I, I, be honest. Will you fucking answer me honestly? Yes. When you heard, I do not know him. I, 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 I there's only <laughs> one answer which I'm going to believe is honest. Yeah. When you heard that there was an attack against Muslims. Yeah. You were happy, weren't you? Be honest. Was I happy? Yeah, you were happy because, ha, ah, now I have something. You see, now they're attacking us. <laughs> you don't care about this guy who got attacked. You want the argument. You, you want, you, I mean, that, that's an awesome point all well, of a listen, sudden. Uh, you, you had nothing. You, were, you had an empty hand. You were, you were held. No, what are, you, what are you talking about? He's now he's got cards. Some, now, he's got a, now he's got a card he can throw. Who's been attacked more than Muslims in the exactly. last half century? No, but by a, by a European. Well, I mean, I did learn a few things from the Jews, but. So, so, you're, is, so you're right. This is not, <laughs> can I tell you something? When, when 9-11 happened. Saving. I don't know if I should say this or not. What? I can't even say come it. Come on, say it. My father said, I can't. I can't. Come no. on, come on. Say it, say it, say it. <laughs> well, he got the call the it's day fine. before. I remember. I was there when he took the call. Yeah. Get, mm. I remember the building tomorrow. I remember because I, I, ma- I used to manage here and I picked up the phone and he's like, somebody called me. I was like, before 9-11. He's like, is there any Jews here? I need to talk to them to warn them about something. So <laughs> I, I can't say it, but because he made a joke and it, it, it wouldn't be seen as funny. But he did feel happy in a sense that he felt now the world was going to understand yeah. a little what bit Israel's better yeah. what Israel was was trying to prevent, you know? So there is, it's just human. Well, there is, but then, you know, uh, Osama bin Laden felt like the world would understand the United States. When you compared my father to Osama bin Laden? Well, it's <laughs> kind of. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we, have to, we have to make the call, though. We're going to come back to this. Uh, so, uh, let's ask her how to pronounce her name. Rosa, Rosa. Brooks. I say Rosa. No, it's Rosa You're Brooks. You're so wrong. Why, why would it be Rosa? Yeah. Why would it be? Uh... Hello. Hi. How you doing? Uh, hi. I'm good. How you doing? Rosa, right? Yes, this is Rosa. Is see? It, who's this? This is Hatem. See, I, I had a bet, I, a bet with Noam because he always thinks that I pronounce things wrong. He said he, Rosa. I said, no, it's Rosa Brooks. You can say Rosa or you can say Rosa. or. You what, is, can what, is your, what does your father say? My father said something kind of in between. Oh, oh. Ah. Oh, okay. excellent. So welcome and very sorry for being late. Uh, just That's have some... Okay. Uh, uh, we also have in the studio here comedian Modi and comedian Tony Darrow. Um, okay, I need a lot of comedians. Yeah, we have... We have yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, just for our audience, Rosa Brooks is a senior fellow at the New York American Foundation. She's also a law professor at Georgetown University. She previously worked at the Pentagon and she was awarded the Secretary of Defense Medal for Outstanding Public Service. And she's consultant for Human Rights Watch, columnist, author, you know, frequent TV guest at a lot of shows like Charlie Rose's show and Rachel Maddow's. So welcome, and thank you for being here. Oh, thank you for having me on. Yeah, so um, uh, I have a question. Uh, one of your articles, and you can check it out at rosabrooks.com, uh, was wrote back in 2015, but it says uh, the thread is already inside. Uh, and nine other uh, truth about terrorism, and nobody wants to to hear it. Remember that one? 
I think this, yeah. So this is one of the greatest article I read about this issue, uh, but. Uh, mainly the two things I want to talk about it, that you touch in that article. Bro, you so said, if you don't know what the hell he's talking about, feel free to just question yeah, my... I know what he's talking okay, about. Okay, okay, go know, ahead. It's go all ahead. coming back to me. Okay. So, some of us are... <laughs> if I don't remember, know. I'm just going to make it up. So that's yeah, fine. It's like, yeah, what, what, what'd you have for lunch 2012? <laughs> no, she She, <laughs> she writes articles. This is, okay, no, she didn't remember. This is a great article. So, I, I'm, and I'm reminding her of the parts. Uh, I'm the smart one here, so... Uh, uh, he's know. obviously... He's, he's setting <laughs> himself I, up for something. Get, I went to a high university. Let's get to the question. Go ahead. So, uh, terrorism is a, is a problem that we can manage, and we cannot win the war in terror. Do you remember that? I think I might have said something like that. That yeah. sounds kind of familiar. So, um, my question is, can we, can we win that war in terror? Is that no, possible? No, it doesn't mean anything. I yeah. mean, I think, I think a lot of people, obviously, have been saying this since the attack September on September 11th, 2001. Mm-hmm. You can't have war, a war on terror. You can't have a war on terrorism. It's a, it's a, it's a method, uh, not a, not an organization or a place. Uh, you know, terrorism is a tactic that's been used by groups from, you know, the Irish Republican Army to Jewish groups in occupied Palestine. Oh uh, yeah, I'm so happy. Rosa. Good for you, Rosa. We don't like the Jews here. <laughs> oh, look at that! Look how happy he is. You won the magic now. word. Can <laughs> 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 you believe it? They're even Buddhist terrorists. I hate to say this. What? It's true. Yeah, it's true. So, so you know, right now, obviously, the the largest number of terrorist incidents globally have been linked to extremist versions of Islam. But terrorism has always been with us. It probably always will be with us as a technique. Uh, it's not going to go away. It's crazy to think we can make it go. It's, I mean, it's, it, it is the same problem as things like school shootings and other mass shootings. You know, you can't win a war on school shooters because there's no organization of, you know, school shooters incorporated uh, in which they all get together and plan school shootings. You know, you have, you have people who are motivated by a pretty wide range of grievances uh, you've got some people who are mentally ill mixed in, so, so, uh, and you've got, you know. So, so let me ask you, so, okay, England had its war with the IRA, and, and that was resolved. Um, we, we more can, or less. More, more, <laughs> well, more or less. Do you see any possible resolution to the conflict with radical Islam? Sure, I do, but I don't think it's going to be quick. I, I think that what we do know about terrorist movements, and obviously there are people who must live pretty gloomy lives who spend their time studying terrorist movements, is that the ones that endure are ones that have deep community roots and substantial community support, and the ones that tend to flame out, which doesn't mean they can't cause a tremendous amount of, of carnage in the meantime, are ones that don't have deep community support. And, and I don't think ISIS has a heck of a lot of deep community support. You know, I think that, that the groups that we've seen have been groups that have really preyed upon the communities that, that, that have given birth to them. And that's not a great recipe for long-term organizational success. But isn't, so I I, isn't ISIS just an incarnation, the latest incarnation of the... No, but but Al-Qaeda has that, don't they? They have that support, don't they? I, I, I don't think they do have substantial widespread community support, no. And in fact, we've seen support for violent extremist groups fading very substantially in majority Islamic countries over, over the last 15 years. You know, I think that whatever, whatever romance was associated with them has faded pretty substantially. So, so, so I think, you know, in the, in the longer run, I, I don't think that these group, groups pose any existential threat to certainly not to the United States 
And I also think that they're, they're on the wrong side of history, but you can stay on the wrong side of history and be successful, unfortunately, for long enough to make a lot of human beings pretty miserable. So I don't think it's going away fast, but I think it, it will eventually wither away. Would, would you agree, I have two things I want to say, would you agree with the following, that if your analysis proves to be incorrect, it might very likely be because you didn't fully factor in how the internet and cyber socializing and cyber community has changed the paradigm where people all over the world at their desktops now set up real networks that are robust and and may not be able to get them to flame out so easily? It's a great question. Um, and obviously, you know, I we'll wrote, find out. I wrote out. that question. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> but, but I think that could cut in both ways, right? Because on the one hand, it enables some pretty nasty people to form networks and plot together and work together despite geographic dispersion. And you don't have to have, you know, a sort of geographic base of support um, but on the other hand, it also means that when an ISIS attack or an Al-Qaeda attack or an Al-Shabaab attack or a Boko Haram attack kills a lot of innocent children uh, within the very communities these groups claim to be protecting, that goes on the Internet and goes viral, too. So I don't, I don't, think, it's, I don't think it inevitably helps bad guys as opposed to, you know, it's, it's something well, that none of, they don't we, need, we all talk about it, none of us understand it. They don't need community support anymore because they find, they find the support from somebody somewhere at a computer somewhere around the world and you know have i don't know how many muslims a few billion and you don't need that many people you know well let me ask can i ask you a question it's scary but, uh, but, but that goes back to the school shooting thing though yeah. right i yeah. mean i mean there will always be messed up people out there yes. who are going to want to use violence to deal with their own mental health issues and there will always be ideologies available for them to grab onto and right extremist Islam is one of the most widely available ideologies to grab onto on the internet. I think if that goes, you know, uh, you know, the Columbine and Virginia Tech shootings had nothing to do with extremist Islam and they killed a whole lot of people. That kind of violence will always be there, fueled in part by the internet, but, but the, the specific threat of uh, organized extremist Islamist violent groups, I think, is, is you know, that will come and go. You guys, want to, I, yeah, I, I have I, two more questions. I'll let you guys. I, I, I just want to ask you a question, but uh, forget about uh, uh, um, community support, or but uh, just how about governmental support? I mean, isn't the United States pretty much supporting Al Qaeda in Yemen now? <laughs> well, the United States is playing a pretty complicated role in a whole bunch of places. I, I would, I don't think we think we're supporting Al Qaeda in Yemen. Uh, well, we're supporting uh, Saudi Arabia and, and who's supporting Al-Qaeda, right? Tony is the Howard Zinn of this, of this podcast. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I, I mean, I think I, your, your broader point, which is that the U.S. is playing so many different sides against the middle and, frankly, against ourselves, is, is absolutely right. I mean, in Syria as well, you know, we're, we're fighting against Iranian proxies, but Iran is fighting ISIS and we're fighting sort of against the Russians, except the Russians are sort of fighting the people we don't, you know, it's a giant mess. Our, our left hand doesn't know what our right hand is doing. I, I never really want to know what our right hand is doing, frankly, but um, that's a different story. <laughs> why, are we so, uh, well, why are we supporting Al-Qaeda in Yemen? What does Yemen mean to us? Except I know what it means to I, Saudi Arabia and Iran, but what well, does again, it mean to the United States? Again to, be fair, again, to be fair, I don't think we think we're supporting Al-Qaeda in Yemen. I think we think we're opposing al-Qaeda in Yemen. Uh, I think we just don't tend to think as hard as we should think about, oh, gee, wait a minute. You know, we, are, we, have, we have 
we're, we're cracking down on Qatar, but we're not cracking down on the Saudis, even though Saudi funding is, is both births al-Qaeda and continues to give that movement what little life it has left, particularly in places like Yemen. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think we have a remotely coherent policy, and it's fueling, in many cases, I don't think intentionally, but it's unintentionally fueling many of the same organizations that we say we hate. When Yemen's over, they're still going to have those weapons, though, aren't they? All right. can, uh, let me interrupt Wait, this uh, America hater for one second. Uh, can I ask you a question? <laughs> uh, you, you use the term existential threat. And, you yeah, know, I, I'm word. just a nobody private citizen. But every time I hear somebody, uh, uh, an important opinion maker, use that term, I, I get a little cringe because I feel like it's a tendentious term. Because, and I'll ask you, was Japan an existential threat? Was Japan an existential threat to the United States? I mean, yeah, obviously, potentially. It, no, I mean, potentially. No, they weren't. Potentially. I, mean, I think we could argue about that. Um, a, you have a t a Japan did not have the capability to, to extend its power anywhere beyond Hawaii. They didn't have that capability. As it turned out, though, yeah. and I think that we legitimately didn't know that early on in the war. But you get my point. There, there's, a lot yeah, that, yeah, yeah. there's a lot there's, short of exist. If I can't send my daughter to a concert, uh, is that an existential threat? No. Is that really, really serious to a Western democracy? Absolutely. Uh, I don't think, Ter I don't think that there's really any big connection there, though. I mean, to say that something is not an existential threat doesn't mean there's nothing we should do about it, right? I mean, there are lots of things that aren't existential threats that we still need to take seriously and, and we need to work to combat. Ordinary crime is one of them. School shootings is one of them. Mass shootings of all sorts. Workplace violence is one of them. Right. You know, they're all really serious issues that we have to pay attention to. That's different from whether we should turn our entire society inside out in order to do that. Well, let me ask you this then, because because usually when you hear the term existential threat, it's usually in in a an argument as to why we sh we don't need to react so badly to terrorism, and that's why I mean I agree with everything you just said. But if we didn't spend, I don't know, I have no idea. You might know that the number of dollars that the Western world is spending to combat terrorism right now in terms of intelligence and all the rest of it. Actually, nobody knows uh, that number. It's, it's got to be. It's, it's got to be. It's, it's got to be billions, right? If we didn't yeah. spend that yeah. number and TSA and all everything that is done to prevent terrorism, as opposed to school shootings, which we would, really would don't do anything, it would be. It would be. Uh, it would be catastrophic. It wouldn't well, be existential. No, I, I disagree. And there's there's a really terrific book. Um, it's the name of which is Chasing Ghosts. And of course, I can't remember who wrote it, but they were really smart guys. Okay. Uh, and they took a kind of actuarial perspective, you know, to spending on counterterrorism. And they came to the conclusion that for the most part, with a small number of exceptions, there is absolutely zero evidence that all of the billions of dollars the United States has been spending on counterterrorism has been effective. Uh, and if you think about it from the perspective of how much money do we typically spend to ward off other kinds of bad stuff that happens, whether it's, you know, death through public health problems or car crashes or ordinary crime, that we are pouring a crazy amount of money into counterterrorism, despite very little evidence that it is having any impact whatsoever. We are basically pouring money down the drain. It makes us feel better to spend the money. But there is very little evidence that a lot of what we spend the money on, such as TSA precautions, is doing much of anything to keep us safer. But it, isn't terrorism a moneymaker, though, financially, worldwide? 
I mean, those weapons, they, they all seem to be American weapons. He can't help himself, Ross. Well, I mean, they're getting those weapons somewhere. So, uh, uh, I, I have a question. Too. Wait, wait, wait. Let's yeah, get off this because this is interesting. Because I, I, I have to be honest in my, in my mind. I'm thinking, you know, you could convince me that that's true. I, the argument I would say is that, well, you know, there was a certain amount of terrorism prior to 9-11 when we weren't spending all this money. And it was, you know, once a year or whatever it was. Uh, and no, why, fact, why would we have any more than that now, you know? In the 1970s and 80s, there was, in fact, substantially more international terrorism. And in a typical year, the one big outlier is 2001. Uh, but in a typical year, fewer people have died in the last 10 or 15 years each year from terrorism than way before the 2001 attack. So, was so that, I mean, we've completely so that was, lost perspective of that. Well, and that okay. was mostly, you know, nationalist terrorist groups, including, you know, crazy German terrorists and crazy Basque terrorists and so forth. Well, let's, let's talk about the, the Muslim thing, though. So, so but correlation is not right, causation. I, I, feel, I, I feel like you and I agree on this. So, so if the, if the, vic, the number of vic, Western victims of Muslim terrorism, let's say American victims of Muslim terrorism yeah. has yeah. decreased since 9-11... And we, at the same time, we've been spending all this money. Is it possible that that's just a coincidence? We're spending the money, but that's not the reason it's gone down. I, I think it is largely correlation without causation, yeah. Um, and I remember the names of the two guys who wrote this book. Okay. Uh, their names are uh, John Mueller and Mark Stewart, and the book is called Chasing Ghosts. Okay. And anybody who's interested in whether the money we spend on counterterrorism is buying us anything, uh, I definitely recommend that book. Yeah, no, Noam is only it. interested if it's against Muslims. No, actually, no, it's, but, I, I, um, it's exactly the opposite of what I was thinking. <laughs> no, no. Like, it's like, oh, I have to have an open <laughs> mind and I should read this book because, you know, why? First of all, it could be true. Yeah, but, you know, this is this is the problem right now. Everybody's trying to label the word terrorism with Islam. It's just like, and there's so much uh, other uh, going on in the world, terrorist attack, but it's not Muslim, or against Muslim, but nobody cares, because the media covers only the Muslim ones. But um, So my question to you is, uh, the foreign policies, how much of the U.S. foreign policy affect us um, with the terrorists, creating terrorist attacks and stuff like that? Bad foreign policies, in my opinion. You mean... How much is U.S. foreign policy contributing to yeah. creating mm-hmm. the we, When we effect? kill somebody with drone strikes, do we create more terrorism? Yeah. Than we or not getting involved you know, in Syria? So it's, or so it's impossible to say for sure. Um, I think my strong instinct is that at least some of what we do does probably create a pretty big gift to terrorist recruiters at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think that that's true across the board, but I think that obviously, I mean, when I go back to 2003, the U.S. invasion of Iraq was, you know, a huge gift to extremist Islamic violent groups. Um, uh, I think that every time, you know, every time we, with whatever good intentions, every time we end up killing civilians, it's a huge gift to terrorist recruiters. You know, it, it's, there's no way around it. I don't, I don't think that that means that everything we're doing in terms of counterterrorism across the board is a bad idea and creates new terrorists. But, but what I do think is that some of it does, and I also think that we, we don't really have any mechanism within the U.S. government to have that conversation and try to figure out causation versus correlation. And I'd say it's actually, I'd go further than that. I'd say it's fair to say that three administrations in a row have, have not been interested in trying to figure that out because it's, it's too hard. It's easier to keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. All right, let me ask you another question because we talked about this right before you, you came on. Um, and as a context, you know, it, it always occurs to me that we still have a Voting Rights Act. I don't know, what is it, 60, 60 years after or seven years after Brown versus Board of, Topeka Board of Education? 
only barely after last year's Supreme Court decision, but yeah. 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 And because we understand that culture is a very stubborn thing and, and prejudice has a very long half-life. And even this much later, white Southerners, it's okay to say that we're, we su- we're suspicious of white Southern culture and its attitudes about race. Nevertheless, we take in people from foreign cultures where their attitudes are uh, even more harsh about race and homosexuality, and we have this blind, uh, idealistic notion that in one generation, oh, they're just going to be like everybody else. These prejudices will just melt away. So, you know, I always think about that, and I, I wonder if we were to take in 10 million Hasidic Jews, and then come. Not sure. I'm not sure there are 10 million. Well, let's, well, let's, 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 hopefully and, and, we did not. And and check in on the <laughs> check in on the country, you know, 20 years later, and see how yeah, that culture yeah. rippled rippled through America, or take in 10 million Japanese, or 10 million Canadians, or 10 million Muslims, and just imagine those, you know, imagine that, and then say, yeah. well, now an ultra liberal would say, oh, doesn't matter. It would be the same no matter who we bring in. And it doesn't matter. The, 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 uh, our system just cleanses everything and everything will come out the same. Now, I don't, I don't believe that. Now, if I say, no, I, I think I can imagine the differences between the Japanese as opposed to the Mexicans or whatever it is. And whatever those differences are, do we have a right as a nation to say, you know what? I think we'd prefer to go in this direction as opposed to that direction without being called racist. Sure, I think we have a right as a nation, and, and the international law on this is pretty clear, that you're supposed to take in people uh, who are fleeing from persecution, but you have no obligation to let in people who are human rights abusers themselves, and I think that there is a difference between people's beliefs and people's actions. Um, you know, and we, we do as a nation, we all the time make decisions about, oh gosh, we want, you know, educated immigrants who can go and work for Google. We don't want, you know, uneducated laborers as much, although of course we secretly do because we need somebody to mow the lawn. You know, we, we do, we do do that. We have a right under international law to do it. We have a right under U.S. law to do it. We well, do I'm it all the time. I'm talking about morally. I'm saying, in other words, if somebody says to me, listen, I don't think we should be taking in so many Muslim immigrants. Let's leave aside refugees for a second, people in tragic situations. Because, mm-hmm. you know, look, in, in their countries, they throw homosexuals off rooftops and, you know, yeah, you, but whatever it is. Co- and, and some say, what do you, how can you say that? You're a racist. Well, I'm like, you, no, I'm not a racist. So, so your comparison with the Hasidic Jews doesn't make sense. The Hasidic not Jews, to you, but it makes no, sense. No, it doesn't make sense. They yeah. come in, they're in their own community yeah and their and their main goal is to just be left alone and leave others alone they're not going to go kill any homosexual they're not going to go kill they might not blend in and be modi i I understand every but my point is that every culture has its unique pluses and minuses we we if, if america had been colonized by africa as opposed to europe America would be a different nation today, for better or for worse, in certain ways, whatever. But, I mean, but no, no. If it been, if it, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's lunacy to think that we are not the product of the various cultures and, and that, exactly. that, that so we developed from. So, and I think that when we're taking in uh, big numbers from people that I would compare to Southern whites, that's why I started with, and I don't understand why it's so easy for us to just say, like, yeah, of course, you can't trust Southern whites. As a matter of fact, we have a law 
specifically about southern white American citizens because well, we know well, we can't trust them. But if you but say no, anything wait, like wait. that about Muslims, you're, you're, you hate Muslims. <laughs> no, I don't no, hate Muslims. Hold on, hold on. But the, the people we're actually talking about, needless to say, that think people like Syrian refugees, they're not the people throwing gay people off roofs. They're the people fleeing the groups throwing gay They may be both. They may be both. But I, but I am actually no, on your, and, si- I'm and, actually and on your side about that. We already have. We actually already have pre-Donald Trump extreme vetting. We have unbelievably intrusive vetting processes already in place, number one. You know, it takes about a year pre-Trump. It already took about a year for a Syrian refugee to put, get through all the hurdles we put in the way for them to get to come to the U.S. We do take them in very small groups. And number two, we do have we have laws in this country, too, to try to make sure people don't throw gay people off roofs here, exactly. whatever they were doing okay. back at home. I'm asking actually two things. One is I'm actually I'm actually without getting into it, because I I'm of two minds on this subject. And some of the things that you're saying, I actually strongly agree with. What I'm objecting to is the shutdown of the debate of the topic by, and you know it is shut down by calling people racist or hateful or whatever it is, when I think that there are perfectly reasonable arguments that need to be tossed around about what the consequences are of this culture or that culture brought into America without meaning that you hate that culture. And that, and that, that disturbs me. As far as the uh, Syrian refugees, I mean, uh, how do you vet? How do you vet? You ask them, you look at them, you, you watch your Curb Your Enthusiasm? Oh, we've got, we've got... You know the Larry David look? Are you a terrorist? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but I mean, I mean, so no vetting procedure is going to be 100% perfect. Um, they vetted Tony you know, Montana always... at the beginning of Scarface. Did you see that scene? <laughs> <laughs> but but we, we've, got, we've got people who are, we are literally, you know, looking on people's cell phones to find out who they're calling. Yeah. Uh, you know, we are yeah. doing social media network searches to try to find out who their friends are on Facebook. I mean, we're doing some pretty sophisticated vetting perhaps more than we need to in terms of the cost effectiveness. Will we successfully weed out every single bad guys? No. But part of, I mean, the article uh, that we were talking about earlier that I wrote a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. I think the threat is already my, my inside. Brilliant questions, I mean, yeah. More to the point, uh, you know, that, that right-wing extremist terrorists committed acts committed by, you know, native-born Anglo-Saxon American citizens have on almost every year in the last 15 years outnumbered caused more deaths than attacks by Islamic extremists. And even the Islamic extremist attacks have mostly been committed by people who were born here. Yeah. Um, you know, so, so I think... First it's, generation. It's, I mean, your, your, point, your point is not, a, is not wrong, that of course there are cultural differences between different groups. That's perfectly legitimate to think about that and to talk about that. But I think that when it comes to the threat of terrorist violence, we are so fixated on the idea there's a sort of fantasy group of you know, bad Muslims out there are just dying to sneak in and kill us all when, in fact, the problem is located in, in a quite different place. By the way, yeah. I, I, would push back, I would push back strongly on that right-wing uh, uh, homegrown terrorism is, has been killed more people than uh, Muslim terrorism in America or, you know, I consider the whole Western world kind of as one entity. But uh, I don't know what right-wing... I, I think sometimes what, what they do for the sake of making this statistical argument, they'll take a guy like Dylan Roof, who's you know, a total crazy lunatic, and they'll call him a right-wing terrorist so they can... Yeah, and he so is can, a right-wing terrorist. No, Why he's, no he's not. Well, how about the Orlando yeah. shooter? He yeah. was a, a lunatic, but they call him a Muslim terrorist. Uh, uh, the, Dylan was. Roof was not, a, was, not, was not associated with any 
political movement like, or organization. Oh, yeah, sure he was. No. Dylan's roof big beef was that he couldn't find any white supremacists. He was, he was, he was he's pissed off. He's like, I can't find right. anybody to, to join with. A lot with. of the, you know, people, a lot of the homegrown Islamist terrorism, these are angry kids yeah. who can't find any Islamists either, yeah. except on the internet. You know, and they're 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 doing what angry people always do. They're yeah. looking around I, for some excuse. Absolutely, I, I want to touch on, on Noam's um, uh, point I, I too. Hate, I just I hate these arguments that they all kind of lead us like, oh, we don't really have a problem here. You know, no, we have, we have a but, but the problem is going on in Europe on a yeah, weekly but, but, basis. But There's something a, going wrong here. Here's the problem, Noam. That for you, you saying, for example, Muslims are coming and they hate gays, and they're gonna come here to this country. First of all, is nobody's decision to let people in and out because every single person is an immigrant second of all what? there's a lot of people what here what do you mean by that every, your dad is an immigrant your grandfather is an immigrant it's so nobody's decision yeah who's who, who's to say the government of the united states decides who comes in who doesn't come in that government as long as they come in but here's here's my point nobody's how many people that live here that want to kill gay if there is no laws how many there's a lot of people I mean, that hate gay people here. Americans. Yeah, if they yeah. not, if they not, if there's not, this is the best Listen. thing about this country is we have laws and we enforce it, and everybody that comes here respects it. You know, so maybe they live in somewhere else where they don't like gays or they do this or that or whatever. But once they come here, they're gonna respect everything. This uh, is just like why southern. So let's, that's my point. Like, no, that's 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 fantasy. The fact is so, that these oh wait, deep so cultural are we things. Maybe we should Go ahead, sorry. Deport the white Southerners? Is that... What's that? <laughs> well, you know what? Deport I'm in. I'm in. But actually, they tried, to de they tried to self deport, and we had a civil war. We, we said, yeah. you can't go. <laughs> but, but I mean, I, I think that's the issue, right? Is that in our society, even if we 100% shut down foreign immigration tomorrow, never let anybody back in the country, you know, that, that we will have all kinds of people in this country. Some of them will be people we're not going to like. Some of them are going to be people who are going to commit crimes, violent crimes. You know, that, that no society can ever completely rid itself of that. We're, we, we happen to be, because of our unique history, we happen to be a society that values diversity, recognizing that there is some risk, you know, mm -hmm. that we could have a completely homogeneous, totalitarian society where everybody has to be exactly the same and follow the same rules, and we could probably eliminate all social violence that way, and we don't want that, right? That we accept a certain level of risk when we accept diversity and we accept difference, and, and I, I don't know... You know, it, it's you're right. It's not that it's not that there won't be bad people who will do horrific things that we will be rightly distraught about. But but the alternative becoming a kind of society, you know, the, I think the gains from the immigration this nation has seen so greatly, greatly, greatly outweigh the downsides, uh, you know, that, that we also wouldn't have the level of innovation, the, the technological innovation, the cultural innovation. Uh, that we have if we if we were more hostile to immigrants and and because you can't vet everybody perfectly, you you take the good with the bad. Well, or the bad with the good. I, 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 another, you're making a kind of argument that I've made in a different context, which is you could save an awful lot of lives by lowering the speed limit from 55 to 30. Uh, but that's not you know that, that we just don't want to live that way. Uh, so there is always the so you so we know we're gonna we're gonna have a certain number of people are gonna be killed in order to have the to live the way we want to live and you can make the same case about I guess you are making the same case about the the benefits of diversity and immigration nevertheless 
I, you know, I, I just worry about it. It seems to be growing. It, it's, it seems to be uncharted territory. The yeah, but it, it didn't new. come out of nowhere. You're talking about it like all of a sudden it came out of nowhere. Just, I mean, this is blowback for policies of, you know, Western yeah, for, for whatever the reason. I don't, and, then, and then on top of that is kind of a, we always talk about this, kind of what's new in my lifetime is kind of a, uh, a focus on, we talk about mosaic rather than melting pot, where everybody's like, where, where there's no pressure like there used to be, or, or no desire actually to shed the skin of your, of your forefathers and, and really dive into the American nationality, although we do a better job of it than Europe. Um, you know, I just want my kids to be safe. Like, I, I, I don't want, I don't know. Yeah. I think, though, the worry... But that's the not a bad thing. I don't think, you know... They, What's not a bad thing? They, people are coming here, and they're living in their communities, and they're happy, and they're, they, as long as you're not bothering other people. No, I think it's a bad thing. I think we need a social fabric. I, w- I would like Muslims or Hasidic Jews, whoever it is that come here, to uh, want to be American. They are. First and, they, and foremost. And they do, but the Muslims are... Uh, let me tell you, Jews don't. Rosa, they don't. I've had an interesting thing. <laughs> I, have a, I have a lot of immigrants who work for me. Uh, 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 by the way, one immigrant employee is worth five homegrown employees. <laughs> Let me tell you. I mean, the, the that's why they're so good at terrorism. Now, now that's racist too. <laughs> that's racist too. But I'm allowed to say it because I'm focusing on the positive. But of course, if there's positive, there could be negative. But the truth is that you cannot. My my immigrant employees are so. Amazing! Like you really don't know how you could survive without them. You sound like a, like a plantation. No, no, owner. I'm I telling know. you. Yeah. But, but listen, I, but I, I'm really, however it sounds. You know, some it may sound that way, but I'm telling you something that's real, and it, it's just like sure, because uh, it, it's it's hard to get here if you're an immigrant. You know, it self-selects for people who have a lot of grit, a lot of determination, who right. are incredibly hardworking. And, the, and these cultures, it doesn't take anything to be born in the United States. You know, in Mexico, when something when something bad happens in Mexico, they don't they don't issue coloring books to these people. I mean, they're, they're they're a tougher breed, and, and they come here to work. But in any event, I ask a lot of my immigrants, well, I say, well, how do you feel about George Washington or Thomas Jefferson? Do you feel a connection with that? Do you feel like that's your heritage? And almost universally, they say no. And it always strikes me how different that is than my father, who was an immigrant, who really felt an emotional bond with the founding fathers of America, even though he was not born here. I and think, I though, think that's significant. I, I think, though, there are sort of two different issues that maybe maybe get tangled up together there. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, one, one thing, as this nation has seen successive waves of immigrants, every single time this happened in the 1850s, it happened in the early 19th century, it's happening now, the complaint from the people whose parents came a generation or so ago is, oh, these new immigrants, they're no good. They don't want to assimilate. Yeah. You know, they're, they're destroying American culture, the American cultural fabric. I mean, that, you can see that theme with every wave of immigration. And America has, in fact, absorbed all those groups. They do a generation or two later. They intermarry. They all become Americans, for better or for worse. Not the Hasids. The not the Hasids. Maybe not the Hasids. Wow. Well, I'm not, but listen, if, 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 if we're going to accept it about the Hasids, if we can accept my, it about my that. point, though, is that yeah. this is not the new anxiety, right? But 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 the I have, you know, an, I have an answer. Thing, but your point about George Washington, though, yeah, yeah. I think actually that's much more reflective of the changes in public education. I think if you take a typical ten-year-old 
born in America kid whose grandparents and great-great-grandparents have been born in the United States forever, and you say, do you feel a connection to George Washington? They'll look at you as if you've lost your mind. If you say, do you feel a connection to Candy Crush? They'll say, why, yes, I do. You know, so, so I don't know that that has anything to do with immigration <laughs> as opposed to I, I think know, it the, does. The, the declining cultural salience. Yeah, they probably the will feel more connected to Obama or, you know, somebody no, that I, they, I, you know, I, they I experience. I strongly disagree. I, I think there was a there was a different world where you left the old country that you hated behind, never to return. Well, I'm the as only a, as opposed to coming across a border yeah, from, from a culture which is, exactly. has which has been raised and you know marinated in basically America is kind of the force for bad in the world, and you're still texting but, home and you're so, still. Is it so, so, Atem, the I'm the only immigrant How here. Do you feel no, about not. George Washington? Yeah, I know. I well. Well, well, when you work, well, I work for Nam. When you work 24-7, you listen, don't know who George Washington is. You, <laughs> you guys can all make fun, but I think it does matter. The social fabric of, of kind of uh, suspending our, 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 our histories and embracing this American history worked very well for this country for a long time. And it may work without that, but, but it's uncharted territory. I worry about it. Can, but, I say, can, I, can I say one more thing? And I really will shut up. Okay. This argument we'll, about, that, we'll that, see about that. They said it about this wave. They said it about that wave. I have an answer for that. I call it my Elvis argument. Would you like to hear it? We're going to anyway. Oh, yeah, we have to, huh? In the 1950s. <laughs> in the 1950s. Yeah. Elvis danced and the country went nuts. They would only shoot him from the waist up. Right. Then in the 19... 19- and he did destroy America. Right, and in the 1960s... <laughs> Uh, some other and the parent, but now I have a, four, a five-year-old and a four-year-old, and if you put on music television, there is simulated intercourse in music videos, and I don't want my kids to watch it. And you could say, "Ah, oh, come on, every judge said that about Elvis," and just because that argument was made in the <laughs> past right. does not mean that the argument is not at it, you know there's, there's a that's sampling side. Fair. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. But you got to remember this could too. Could be different. But, th- but what is bit really yeah. different about it is when Elvis danced on television, or or like when the Beatles were on television, or when uh, Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin walked on the moon. Yeah. Like when Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin walked on the moon, if you had a TV on allegedly. pretty much anywhere in the world, yeah, allegedly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that was on. There was nothing else on unless you're like in Russia or you yeah. know or Romania or someplace. If you had a TV, and when Elvis danced, what were there two other channels that you could be watching? So a third of the people watching TV were watching Elvis, or more, more probably more. more. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so now if somebody is watching MTV, how many were they get? Like a million viewers at any particular time? But you kind of make my people? point. We we were more cohesive as a nation then. We were all. It, it's all as we were watching the same things. It was. Yeah, but that's not the situation today. I, I'm worried about that. That's all I'm saying. I'm you're worried about, about the craziest you know, things, by the way. I want to tell you, about the, the, I've never heard this crazy argument from you. you, you no, <laughs> Wait, for you real, the Beach for Boys real. argument. So, so hold on. So the Hasidic, the Hasidic Jews or the Muslims that come here, <laughs> the Hasidic Jews or the Muslims that come here, okay, they, they are from a religious point of view. But do you know the Hasidic Jews, in the Talmud it says if a country allows you so to... so defensive about the Hasid. No, I'm just using it for cover. Point, he <laughs> just doesn't want to say Muslim. It's not a good point. It's because you're, you're, these are communities that have respect for the country that's hosting them. You understand? They, uh, they do prayers for them. They do. They do. It's a part of the dude, Saturday service. It's fine, it's fine to have a, a Hasidic community in Brooklyn. It would not be good if, if 30% of a city became Hasidic. It wouldn't be good. It would not, it would not be as well, good. I, that's as, actually pretty much happened no I'm, I'm 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 supporting that maybe hopefully they'll leave palestine and come here but anyway by the uh, way you you know david rothkoff i do uh, I, you and know, david I, and i have our own little podcast 
Are you on his and new one? Yes, David and I and another friend of ours, Corey Shockey, have created a new independent podcast called Deep State Radio. <laughs> yeah, nice. I, I know him, and I want to listen to the new. I know him a Deep little bit. State I want to listen to the new to the new podcast. I, I had lunch yes. with him one time when and he uh, when I kind of predicted to him that Trump was not going to do as badly as uh, he did, and he 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 poo pooed me. But um, other than that, uh, I think he's been right about most deep. things. David so and I, I argue violently on our little podcast. It's a great podcast for nerds, and every now and then we sing songs and we make weird animal noises. So everybody's <laughs> ah, listening to the deep state. Are you to the left of him or right of him? I, that's a good question. I, I don't know. I'm, it's too confusing. Like he felt very strongly that uh, America I, pulled out uh, too quickly from Iraq, and he also felt that we had a moral duty to the Iraqi people that we just basically just I tossed I think I'm aside. to the left of him on some, on some issues and to the right of him on others. So I hate when you um, say that, because let me tell you something. Had David Obama, Rothkopf said it. But you say that all the time. <laughs> yes. Had Obama yeah. made a deal with the Iraqi... Don't forget, it was Bush who pulled yeah, the, yeah, we the know. troops out of Iraq. I had forgotten. But, yeah. but say Obama said, okay, we're going to leave 20,000 troops in there. You know what would happen? They would have been fighting the Shia... And then when, when ISIS rose, said, well, if we didn't have troops there, the Shia could have been fighting ISIS. We were too busy fighting Shia. I mean, it's, Listen, a, it's ridiculous. I, I, without, without, think that without, they wouldn't have been fighting the Shia if they stayed there? Of course they would I don't know. I know this. Colin Powell said, if you break it, you own it. So we kind of, oh, we can't go into that country and just destroy it and say, okay, well, actually, you know, we Maybe want to go we home now. Maybe not have gone already. But, but, I'm well, pretty sure the Iraqis don't really want us to own them, though. Yeah. yeah. Well, we don't have the, whatever the problems are, we don't have the answer to it. But so more importantly, more of a problem. I was very uh, um, convinced by the fact that the people close to Obama, Panetta, Petraeus, uh, McChrystal, I think, uh, they, they all were urging him not to pull. It wasn't the Republicans. It, it wasn't partisan. It was... <laughs> that wasn't me. That was me. <laughs> They, they felt that this was going to lead to a, a, a problem, and it did. I, I don't know. But I mean, like, it's, I think it's... You don't a, know how it work, would have worked out the other way. Well, it's the 10 same thing. million Hasidim moving into any oh. part of this country would affect nobody. Really? Oh, uh, God. One thing, they, 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 not only do they just uh, milk the tax system, I mean, they don't pay whoa, taxes. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> whoa. I have a whole argument for that, too. I'll give you a full argument for that, too. We'll talk to Curious Joel, and we'll see what's going curious on. I'm, I'm, so, I'm so fine for you to say that. It's just really, is it really okay to say that about Hasidic Jews? It's and then, true. Oh, but, oh, but if somebody says that about Puerto Ricans, it's, it's they're way racist. You, they don't no, do but, it the way Tony, it's, 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 By the way, look Rosa, at, Tony's an anti-Semite, by the way. Community. That's true. No, that's true. <laughs> no, 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 I love it. She wants to get in. Go ahead. I mean, I also just want to question your premise earlier, you know, that we increasingly see immigrants who want to stay in, you know, their own little self-identified groups and not assimilate. You know, I think actually... Well, that is true of very specific groups of immigrants that across the board, that doesn't tend to be true, that on most, most sort of measures of social attitudes of immigrant groups, they, they do still, to this day, tend to be more American than Americans absolutely. on a lot of issues. Which are the ones absolutely. who do and which are the ones who don't? Well, you're, you're, you're absolutely right that Hasidic groups <laughs> tend to be... <laughs> we well, all agree on I got to tell you something. Since, since, Including uh, Islamic immigrants. You know, that, that uh, by uh, and large, most Islamic immigrants want to assimilate. They're not in Europe. No, I, th I think... I think but we don't live in Europe. We live in the United States. And, yeah. and, and one of the reasons that I'm really glad that we live in the United States 
is that I think that because we have historically had a culture that is much more open to immigrants becoming Americans, that immigrants come here and they want to become Americans. No, no, wait, 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 but I, I, have treated immigrants like shit, and it's not that surprising. You know, have I, you I, met I, Norm before? You know wanna, him very well. I want to say something. <laughs> I agree with you. I agree with you, and it's true. America has a, a different experience with, with assimilating Muslim immigrants. First, thank, thank God, but this is interesting what you just said. But if you're, if you're ready to acknowledge that Europe hasn't, then maybe Europe has a reason to want to question, to rethink its policies. First, I want to say a couple of things, yeah. uh, Naomi. When you say, you know, when you define a person being uh, an American, you, your definition is by knowing George Washington and celebrating Thanksgiving and stuff like that. There's other, there's, everybody feels it in a different way. Right. When maybe when you see the flag, maybe the things you do. The second thing is like with Rose's point, like some don't feel that way, uh, don't feel American because the American don't let them feel that way. You always let them know uh, feel that they don't belong. It's so funny, you know. I grew up. I was born in Israel. We came here when That's I was nonsense. seven, uh, and then we have we you have. Were born uh, where? We, 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 yeah, I was born in Israel. We came here when Palestine. I was seven, and I'll tell you, this is so funny because I remember we had a family that was just like us that moved here. And at the same, they had the same kids like we had, like same ages. One of their sons was so Yankee Doodle Dandy. He went to Columbia and learned constitutional law, and he's a big constitutional law guy. The other son... Oh, what's his name? I, I don't, um, <laughs> Yankee Doodle Dandy. No, but I'm, I'm just saying he was so... American and is just a dandy. And you know, dandy. You know, in their house, like in our house, they, they, they only spoke Hebrew. And then there's one son that w went, went back to serve in the Israeli army, and he went every summer to yeah. Israel, and he, he, he loved Israel. He loved Israeli culture. It's just so funny that it's in the same family. I'm just thinking about that now. Exactly. Everybody defines it's it in a, a different it's, way. It's how it it hits you. you I can't don't force agree. someone to come here and love uh, 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 see, George Washington. See, America is not only national. It's, it's you know the American dream, the culture, the values. Uh, for me, the values is the number one thing that defines you. I believe there is a lot of Americans that don't live in the United States. You know, they just have American values about you know yeah. Point the camera. This they is love Elvis. Yeah, they, they love Elvis. 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 They love Elvis and and all that. Um, but uh, since since you uh, human, uh, we gotta let her go. Yeah, human right watch. <laughs> I have just last two questions. Uh, can you? When I was searching the uh, uh, web, what's 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 the truth about you called for a military coup against Trump? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, it didn't work no, out. Actually it hasn't to put him in a coup. Yet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, no, no. So what's well, what's I, going on? With that? What's, what's that story? Um, I'll let you know when I start a military coup against Donald Trump. I haven't done it yet. Okay. Um, Don't start it in Georgia. Article. Not going to yeah. work in Georgia. Uh, I did write an article in which I said at the very end, you know, I said for the first time in my adult life, it is not impossible to imagine a military coup, which uh -huh. is true. That's a factual statement talking to military officers who are pretty freaked out about Donald Trump. Uh, I then said that would be a frightening possibility then again, a crazy president starting a nuclear war is also a frightening possibility. So, no, I did not actually suggest that we should start a coup. Does it say that on my Wikipedia page? <laughs> no, it doesn't. It just uh, there's few videos on on YouTube. Uh, it will after uh, this uh, yeah, podcast. Yeah. You're essentially for saying for saying a time when when he might give an order and the military just refused to follow it. I think there's so 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 this nation. Needless to say, talk about talk about George Washington. Mm -hmm. This is a nation that was formed in violent rebellion against legitimate government authority, um, and I think particularly for Americans. You know, if you're a fan of the Declaration of Independence, there's a there's a you have to say to yourself, 
what would happen in this country if we had a government that that a majority of the people felt was not able to protect or represent the the public anymore? You know, I, I you know I think that's a legitimate political theory question to ask, and I think when you have a president who's as erratic and frankly, in my view, crazy to use the technical term, <laughs> as Donald Trump, you know what is there a possibility that you would reach a point where you would want public servants to say, no, sir, can't do that, won't do that, too bad, no. You know, and I think at least on a theoretical level, clearly there is. Uh, will we reach that point? I hope we never do. You know, no. I think we all hope we never do. But, you know, if hypothetically Donald Trump woke, woke, woke up in the morning and said, I'm angry at China, you know, the Chinese premier said something mean about me, I saw it on cable news, uh, launched the nuclear weapons, I, I think we sure ought to, ought to hope that the military wouldn't obey those orders. Yeah, I, I, I don't think they would. I don't know if that's a coup, but yeah, I agree with you. I also don't think he'll do that. What, what's I that? hope not. I also don't think he'll wake up one day. But, they, but I, just, I do I just, know I just, that look. conversations like this only help him. Yeah. When, when you talk about a coup and when you talk about it, only helps him. It only, I've been saying it since the they beginning. They probably can just give him the wrong buttons or something. I'm just what hoping. He, what if he wanted to bomb North Korea? Stay here, sir. Will somebody stop him? <laughs> uh, North, I, don't, it, yeah. I think that the military, um, many in the military might, might think he should bomb North Korea. That's a tough question. How I mean, is he not? Well, Noam is a Trump supporter. I mean, I don't, I don't, think, that would, that, I don't think that fits the bill of crazy. <laughs> No, I'm not. I'm saying, you know, a, I mean, a North a North Korea. It, that is crazy, right? North Korea. If they have a, a weapon that can reach the west coast of the United States, that's kind of unacceptable, isn't it? No, I mean, don't we, don't listen, we have a, a strategic air command? Don't I'll, we have like a you know you, you, million planes this defending how I, this country? This is how I see it. You know, they say that if you if you put a monkey to typewriter long enough, you'll type all Shakespeare's plays. Yeah. Every time you give a, another country a nuclear bomb, you're putting another monkey at the typewriter. And when it's a crazy dictator, you're putting a well, crazy. The trouble is in America, the monkey is Donald Trump. No, I'm sorry, we have our monkey type. So, That's so, a great point. So it's like, well, it's it's a different point. And and I'm saying that that we're we are just you know step by step increasing the odds of some kind of calamity and allowing yeah, some uh, allowing a guy like like King Jong to, to have a nuclear bomb and say, listen, we can't allow it. And if he if he insists on on testing a missile that can reach us, we're gonna bomb him. That's not that's not crazy. Is and then it? what? I mean, wouldn't I think Churchill would agree with that? And then what? And then what happens after that? Nothing. Create, then they, 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 more then they can start over. Listen, that's what is, that's what Israel did in Iraq. It worked. Yeah. What, what? Oh, did it? The problem is that there's a <laughs> so, the problem is that listen, <laughs> the reason we don't do oh, no, it. I'm is, not talking about I'm not talking about uh, like a, a strategic bombing. I'm talking about a nuclear weapon. No, no, that would be crazy. The reason we don't do it is because we don't because we're because well, South Korea we, South yeah. Korea might get you know uh, overrun and that, we so did that. it with Iraq to protect Israel, which comes to my last question here. Yeah. What do you think of that? <laughs> <laughs> Rosa, where do you stand with Israel Palestine conflict and here? Uh, where do I really on the last two minutes you think yeah. you did, did, her. because I did you read uh, I David read about Middle East peace in the next two minutes? I'm like Jared Kushner. Well, is he the best Just person? Give me, give me three minutes. If he, he really can't the best do it, person? nobody can. Yeah. If he can't do it, nobody can. Uh, no, I, I mean, I think it's it's a horrible situation. I, I think that uh, the Israeli actions uh, as a government have been pretty horrific. <laughs> well, thanks for, well, thanks for joining us. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I were losing the connection. The PLA have been pretty horrific. Um, but I think that Israel in this particular conflict is Goliath. Uh, 
uh, and the Palestinians are David. Mm. You know, I mean, I think that ultimately either there has to be a two-state solution or Israel has to give up on the idea that in the 21st century that you can have a a religiously dominated state that favors one group. I don't see how you simultaneously uphold principles of democracy and also say we're going to privilege one religious group over another. Did you and, read and sustain yourself as a democracy? Did you read the back and forth that David Rothkopf had with Michael Oren? I did. Right. I did. So Michael Oren, you know, on made side on this one. what's that? On David's side, completely on this one. Yeah. So Michael Oren made some very what I thought were very substantial points. Essentially that. Listen, they sat down with them. They offered them uh, you know, pretty much everything they, one would think that they would need to offer. Mm-hmm. And there was no counterproposal. And they walked out. And they did that twice. Uh, Dennis Ross wrote a book recently where he put it squarely at the, bl- the blame, squarely on the Palestinians for not being, essentially, he said, they were just never serious about negotiating. Is Dennis Ross incorrect? Uh, not necessarily, but that doesn't change the basic problem, which is that, you know, I, I, even if you think that the negotiating, the leadership of the Palestinians has not necessarily negotiated in good faith, that doesn't make Israeli actions right. And it no. doesn't mean that in the long term that there is any solution other than either finding a way to get to those two states or saying, okay, forget it. We're going to be a democracy that is going to be religiously integrated and is not going to give special special treatment to no, let's Jewish stip- people. Let's stipulate, that everybody equally. let's stipulate that the actions of the Israeli government are, are bad. You would think yes. that might you, okay. you, you would think that might give, you would think that <laughs> might give the Palestinians uh, more reason to want to settle this and, and agree to, to something or at least to, to put out their some demands. If you give us this, then, you know, then maybe we have yeah. a deal. Uh, but, um, I, 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 I have not heard when I said I solve this problem in the next minute and a half. I was lying. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have yet to yeah, hear anybody. You're right. You're right. It's, it's at this point, it's a giant mess. I, I don't have the faintest idea yeah. what the next step is, except I'm pretty sure that building walls uh, is not going to be an enduring solution for anybody. It, is it possible Absolutely. that both things are true, that the Israel, that Netanyahu is a brute, but nevertheless, regardless of who the Israeli leader is, that the Palestinians no, either don't want to make peace or no leader feels safe enough to make peace because 30% of them, you know, might, that, might not. I mean, the, the truth is both don't want to make peace. Israeli no. pretend that they want to no, have no, that, peace, that, but that, they don't. That's not action, true. Action, that's not de- true. action defined. That's not true. Who's building a come wall? On. Who's building settlements? That's Who's building safety. all this? That's not for, for oh, come on. Safety. You know, Hillary Clinton they, was on, on, uh, on, on, um. John Stewart. Yeah, and she said, you know, I was in the room, Barack promised them everything, and and they just walked away. No, they you're just, right. Hillary, just, Hillary they, never lies. They're not looking, they're not looking for so oh, anyway, you're anti-Hillary. Uh, no, you're right. You know. So Rosa, thank whatever you. E- easy for you. <laughs> thank you so much for Hillary. Yeah, thank you so much for your opinion, especially the last. Come two to minutes. the comedy cellar. Come whenever, to the com- I want yeah. to meet you in person. Whenever you're in, a, in New York, you. yeah, please come to the comedy cellar and uh, meet <laughs> Noam's employee, the best, the one equal five. And good luck with your coop. <laughs> would, you, would, you li- would you like to share your information? You. Contact you information? Of my coop? Yeah, I do. Your coop. Oh, yeah. yeah, if I'm you want there. to find out more about me, uh, you can follow me on Twitter. It's Brooks underscore Rosa, uh, or at Brooks underscore Rosa. And you can read my book, which is called How Everything Became War and the Military Became Everything. And you can listen to our little teeny tiny podcast, Deep State Radio.
that that's I, I haven't heard that podcast, but I used to listen to David Rothko's podcast and foreign uh, policy, and he's he's excellent, excellent, excellent. Well, this is this is the uh, the successor to yeah, the yeah. ER podcast on foreign policy, and it's even better. There you go. Thank you so much, and come visit us whenever you're in New York City. All right. Thanks Thank a you. Lot. Have a great night. Thank Bye. 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 See, she's, she knows. People knows. We should get a guest who knew something about the subject. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's, she's great. she's married to a military guy. Is she? Yeah. Well, yeah, she, no. she, she was awesome. So He has good guests. Yeah, he does. Sure. I do, I do, yeah. yeah. How do you do that? Uh, Coop. <laughs> uh, imagine Listen, imagine if, if you, you give me more confidence imagine honestly, how good this next, show would be <laughs> next week if, if you plan on saying any word you've never actually said out loud before <laughs> just run it, run it by me write it down. English is treacherous first of all <laughs> I said coup I didn't say the P yes you yes, did, you did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. well this is taped are you got, out of your mind this is taped but that works yeah. that yeah. works well, first of all, Trump in a coup it, works it's it, not like Trump I never, I never said coup we <laughs> haven't no I didn't <laughs> I didn't. I didn't say that. And let me show you Norm's face when you said it. <laughs> well, it I went like that. Imagine how I my face was. Like, yeah. If I have like low self-esteem, I would kill myself. And you guys, the best thing is like you will still have this show and laugh about it. No, we'll be all arrested for bullying you. <laughs> Listen, do you know what an act of friendship this show is for me? You know, you, you know, I I do this show. For hot, I enjoy it. Don't get no. me wrong. But yeah. I do this. Right. If you die, the show would not go on without you. <laughs> Why? Would, Why? Such a liar! You get another Muslim tomorrow. <laughs> there's, there's one in the back <laughs> washing dishes or something. You find one. He will just give the dishwashing machine up here. And he's like, guys, while you're washing, can you like <laughs> talk in the That's mic? That's so funny. He said dishwashing machine. <laughs> no, no, it's really uh, you know I enjoy having uh, Norm all the I I wouldn't I ask him when I ask him to do it is like you know I wouldn't do it without him. <laughs> so anyway, she was really she's a really good guest. She is. We have a lot of great guests coming up soon. And what about Modi and Hasidic Jews? And Modi's very good. But I yeah, you look I didn't, want, I didn't want to fight today. I didn't want to fight, but but you know I have an argument for all of the for the curate Yoel thing. I have so all you, of all that you, stuff. You, you misunderstood that that strategy. I didn't. You, you, I, I saw where you were going you with take, it, but it was such you, a you, wrong. You take Hasidic Jews, which everybody can agree on. And then you use that as an example. So, well, if it's okay for you to feel these things or say these things or, or accept these arguments about one group, then why do you get so fucking mad when somebody makes similar arguments well, we don't about keep another them out. group? We don't keep them out. Yeah, yeah. And well, we didn't actually... I'm saying, but nobody would, nobody would think that we shouldn't keep them out. And if anybody said, listen, you can take some Hasidic Jews, but we have to have a, 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 a reasonable number because if you bring in too many, we're going to divide so, into something new. I understand. I wouldn't think that's anti-Semitism. Yeah. So I want to go back to your point before, when we were starting the show about that I got happy or Muslim got happy because of an incident like this. Yeah. You know, it's it's true. Yeah, yeah. it could happen, but, but it did happen, right? Yeah. Just like Israeli will be very happy if somebody, you know, uh, if a Palestinian bombs something or whatever, but that doesn't mean that it's not happening. All these attacks on us right now. I, I, I don't mean, I don't want to make jokes about the attacks on Muslims. It's very serious. No, I want to, but <laughs> it's, it's not the point. That's what we do. But what I'm saying is like, you know, uh, yeah, people can be like, okay, finally they can see us as victims. But, uh, you know, I can't believe that they blame the, the, the road rage thing. This is ridiculous. You know, a guy is taking a girl, three guys taking one girl and this is a road rage. And she wasn't driving. She, she was praying in the mosque. What road rage? This is crazy. But um, I 
feel like there's something more to that story than, yeah. than what you're saying. I, I, have, I don't know the details. Well, so she did have dynamite involved. strapped to her body. But I mean, but, you know. but that's not the point. <laughs> In a romantic way. <laughs> <laughs> Just to make her boobs look bigger. That was uh, awesome. Yeah, that was implant. <laughs> Actually, it is implant, kind of, technically. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Well, uh, thank you guys so much. Do you want to share your information, Modi? Uh, ModiLive.com, M-O-D-I-L-I-V-E.com, and you get to all the other stuff from there. Okay. Tony? Tony Darrow, D-A-R-O, on Facebook and Twitter. There you go. Depot? Oh, uh, R2 Depot. Thank you. <laughs> R2 Depot. I'm here, the Comedy Cellar. Yeah. Uh, follow the Comedy Cellar on Twitter and live from AmericaPodcast.com. has I, all the information. I don't think I said anything this week I need you to cut out. That's great. It's a, it's a first for a while. Um, <laughs> Coop, just the end what of the word. <laughs> what do you say that gets cut out? Last week, last week I made a joke about uh, the the fa- cut this the, out now. Yeah, the, the guy who. So we're gonna the, have that to... the guy who shot up the thing had um, been a Sanders supporter. Yeah. And I made a joke that could have sounded it was wasn't my intention. It could have sounded like I was not compassionate to the people who got shot. But you, but people, we say stuff worse than that. Like I made a joke. I I pretended that coup is actually pronounced as coup. Good one. You were listening to Live from America podcast. To contact us, please go to www.livefromamericapodcast.com. Brought to you by the Comedy Seller and Rethink Production. 